Welcome to the Teach Me Lit podcast. I'm Sophie Tuvey and I love talking about books and helping you to revise for English literature and go deeper in the texts you're studying. North and South, chapters 16 to 18. Here the action is starting to move towards a crisis point because having had this lengthy conversation in chapter 15 about the masters and the men, chapter 16 is called The Shadow of Death. And the big uh, news in this chapter is when the Donald, uh, Dr. Donaldson visits Mrs. Hale, he tells Margaret that uh, she hasn't got long left. Um, she's diagnosed with something very serious. We're presuming maybe it's cancer. Um, and uh, Margaret is suddenly dealt this terrible blow that um, her mother's not going to be around much longer. What is really interesting in the chapter is the way that Margaret insists upon the doctor's honesty with her. Um, The doctor doesn't want to tell her the truth and her mother asked for the doctor not to tell her, but Margaret stands her ground. Uh, She speaks with an air of command. She takes charge of the situation, even though Dixon was the person who was... um, in there in the consultation and not Margaret and she says I can do this I can nurse my mother which really goes to show her strength of character um, and her determination to have authority in this situation which we can parallel with John Thornton because even though Margaret is not a master like Thornton is in charge of a factory in her own sphere uh, in the home she is asserting her own authority She also has that ability to not show severe emotion. Um, It says, not a feature moved. Um, She deliberately holds holds herself together um, despite the black horror within her. Um, And the doctor says to himself, that's what I call a fine girl. Uh, What a queen she is. Uh, It's astonishing how much those thoroughbred creatures can do and suffer. And again, the linking of Margaret with The word queen shows her ability to hold herself high and not show her emotions. Now, ironically, this does uh, again link Margaret with Mrs Thornton, who is equally a strong, stalwart sort of woman who doesn't show emotion. Um, So it's really interesting that her and Mrs Thornton clash so repeatedly through the novel um, because they are so similar um, in, in their manner. Now, Margaret has now this terrible burden to bear because she doesn't want to tell her father all at once the severity of the situation. And she decides that she's going to kind of gradually over time make him more aware of how serious the situation is. Um, She says it would kill him. And this is a grim foreshadowing because unfortunately Margaret's father isn't going to be around long either. Now, Margaret refuses to be seen as one of those poor, sickly women who like to lie on rose leaves and be fanned all day. Um, And and Margaret is deliberately differentiating herself from maybe people like Edith, who are living in um, fashionable circles and ladies who are weak and useless. She determines that she's going to be involved in nursing her mother, however grim that may be. And she's determined that she won't compete with Dixon anymore but that she wants to be close to her mother um, in her final days. 
Now, her mother has violent hysterics because of Frederick and, you know, desperate her desperation to see Frederick. Um, and so this, again, is going to lead towards another crisis in the novel, which is um, that Frederick is, is going to try and come and visit. But for now... Um, or it's suffice to say that their situation is now pretty dire as the Hale family. They're in Milton. They can't leave. Um, Mrs. Hale is is terminally ill, um, and Margaret is uh, facing that situation because alone because her father. She says he could not bear it as I can. He cannot bear the load. Now, in chapter 17, What is a Strike?, the focus goes on to the working class viewpoint on this because as she goes to visit um, Higgins, she hears his viewpoints on why they're going to strike. Um, And he talks about um, the people of the South being a pack of spiritless, downtrodden men clemmed to death. Um, And he sees the South, because um, Margaret says, you know, they don't strike in the South. And he says it's because they're so um, beaten down. Um, but Margaret's beginning to see the South less idealistically. She says, there are sorrows to bear everywhere. There is very hard bodily labour to be gone through with very little food to give strength. So she looks back on the South, perhaps comparing it to the North. And she sees that it is no longer an ideal um, situation. And Bessie says it's away from the endless, endless noise and sickening heat. Um, And then Bessie questions with her father of what they have actually gained by striking. And this is the big debate of the novel, really, is is how the strike is fundamentally driving a rift between the masters and the men. um, And it's not helping them find solutions for their problems. Now, Higgins is not necessarily striking because he's struggling to live on his wage, but he's striking for the men who can't. And one example of this is John Boucher. Now, at this stage, we haven't really met John Boucher. He's very much in the in the peripheral in the peripheries of the novel, but he's going to become an important character who symbolises the um, the real um, poor people who who literally just can't feed their own families he's got a sickly wife eight children none of his children are old enough to earn any money themselves he's he's bearing the burden of his dependents and he's struggling and so higgins says i take up the cause of justice um for men like john boucher that this is why higgins thinks it's so important to strike and margaret when when margaret says you know why don't you ask the masters um he says ask the masters um, they tell us to mind our own business, to swell their profits. That's what it is. Um, and Higgins has that same prejudice against the masters that Thornton has against the workers. Um, Higgins uses a well-known slogan of strikers. Uh, we help to make their profits and we ought to help spend them. Um, and when um, Margaret hears him mention Thornton, he describes Thornton as a bulldog, which um, is obviously a really great description um, of the way that John Thornton is absolutely um, resolute in everything that he does. He he won't get shifted by anyone. Bessie comments that strikes start so hopefully, which obviously um, refers to the fact that there's a pattern there where the workers are striking, they might win small victories, but generally speaking, the odds are against them. Um, and 
Bessie um, kind of sees through the kind of idealism that maybe Nicholas has, that the strike is going to solve all their problems. So we've got two crisis situations that are now building in the novel. The first one is Margaret's mother and the severity of her illness. And the second is the strike. And so we can see that this is all building up. The tension is, is building now for the midpoint of the novel, um, for, for the sort of climactic moment where um, this is all going to come to fruition and something is going to happen. And then um, in chapter 18, Likes and Dislikes, um, they receive a dinner invitation for the Thorntons, which from Mrs Hale's perspective, they ought to accept, even though she isn't well enough to attend. And then we see inside the Thorntons' living room as they discuss um, the Hales and the coming strike as well. Again, we see Mrs Thornton's prejudice against Mr Hale. Uh, he, He appears rather too simple for trade. Um, and Margaret is giving herself ears and yet they're not rich so you've got those clear social distinctions that in other circles where Mr Hale through his education um, and his rank as a clergyman um, would have a higher social position to Mrs Thornton he's too simple for trade and therefore he's a lesser person. Fanny speaks quite slightingly of Margaret and John defends her and he says mother I wish you would like Miss Hale. Mrs Thornton says, you're never thinking of marrying her, a girl without a penny. She would never have me, said he with a short laugh. I have no thought or expectation of ever asking her to be my wife. I foresee trouble for that girl, perhaps want of motherly care. I only wish you to be ready to be a friend to her. Mrs Thornton responds, I cannot forgive her her pride. This girl turns her nose up at it all and who turns up her nose at you. And the irony is obviously that Mrs Thornton is characterised by pride as well. Um, and she, feel, she feels particularly affronted that Margaret acts as if she's better than them. She also says, I don't know if I like or dislike her most. but When I think of her and hear you talk of her, I hate her. Her fine notions and haughty tosses. And it seems that as John's um, understanding of Margaret grows, his family's misunderstanding of her also grows. And so this is a growing obstacle between the two of them. He says, ironically, what do you say to a strike by way of something pleasant to talk about? And then he gives um, his opinion. um, I keep my word and I mean them to keep theirs. Um, And whereas Fanny is uh, hopelessly picking at her stitching and just thinking of nothing at her ease, John and his mother are talking about the very real economic situation where the Americans were getting their yarns into the market and so they would have to drop their prices or shut up shop. Um, And he says, hands and masters go alike on tramp. Um, And he says, I wish the old combination laws were in force, which refers to the anti-striking laws. Now those have been repealed. The men are free to strike. But Thornton says that they are fools, ignorant, wayward men. We are none of us likely to make above a fair share. Thornton maybe sees the situation very clearly and does not maybe see the injustices that Nicholas does but the juxtaposition of Thornton's viewpoint with Higgins's constantly shows us this uh, division between the social classes and the sense of the need for unity between human beings and the need for compassion with one another. 
Mrs Thornton wishes him good night with no expression of the tenderness that was in her heart. And so we see just like Margaret, she withholds her emotions and her energy. Um, and it for, for Mr Thornton, he is staying up until two o'clock in the morning, thinking anxiously about the strike, determining that he will even have hands from Ireland if he has to, which of course will cause more conflict. So in these three chapters, we've seen a growing sense of conflict and a situation that is going to move to crisis point very shortly. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please hit subscribe and share it with a friend. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Teach Me Lit. I'm always open to requests. So if you want me to talk about a text you're studying, get in touch. Thank you for listening. See you next time on the Teach Me Lit podcast.